This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. This story, man. Here we go again. Some idiot climbed into the elephant enclosure at the San Diego Zoo over the weekend with his toddler. 25-year-old named Jose uh, went through a bunch of barriers to get into the elephant habitat, brought his two-year-old son with him. Jeez. Once they got inside, elephant roared and started charging at them. Here's some audio. Oh, oh. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, they got the full-on noise and everything. Holy (laughs) man. Like in the kids' movies, the elephants are always friendly. Uh, In the kids' movie, the the father would have raised his son up in the air and the elephant would have wrapped its trunk around it, set the boy on its back. Horton hears a who, Madagascar, (laughs) the elephants always seem cute and cuddly, but... They are terrifying. Like one of those things that I can't even imagine bearing down on you. It's the hippos too. Another one that you think are... uh, They're too fat to be aggressive. Oh, no, they'll get you. (laughs) They're actually the most dangerous. Yeah, the hippos are one of the most dangerous. But I don't know what this dum-dum was thinking, bringing his kid in there and going... We almost had another Harambe situation. Oh, big time. Imagine if this elephant got put down. Yeah, well, this is exactly what happened the last time. Yeah. And when you get like this, it, it might be different when you go in the wild and maybe you see an elephant, they could be a little uh, less angry. But when you get in the cage with the that's elephant the, who hates humans. Space. Yeah, that's the elephant's space and now yeah. you're intruding. And it's been waiting for some idiot to cross that line so we can get sweet, <laughs> sweet revenge. Your, your head looks like a giant peanut to Big that time. elephant. He's coming for it. Yeah. So he starts running away. He ducks through a gate to get away from the elephant, but he dropped his kid. Shut up. Yeah. Like left the kid behind. Kind of. And he was able to turn around and luckily grab the kid and got the kid out too. But he dropped the kid. Oh my God. Elephant is fine. Jose, physically okay. Uh, Kid is okay, but the dad was arrested for child cruelty. Yeah, good. So he's facing some charges. <laughs> I'm going to put this in, in a video. I, I, I'm working on a video montage to show expecting fathers who are nervous that they aren't going to be able to handle being a father. <laughs> I'm going to be like, well, this guy has a kid. You'll be fine. Well, this, you know, I don't know if this is a great example. But no, this is the one not to do. It could be worse. Yeah, it's like, listen, if, are, you, are you this dumb? <laughs> no. Okay, well, you'll be okay. Having having a son. <laughs> the elephant comes charging. That was that sounded like a movie. That thing like it was ready for battle. Oh. <laughs> Taz and Jim. I saw this, uh, Jimbo, and I thought of you because uh, we're kind of cut from the same cloth when it comes to our nineties comedy movies. <laughs> okay. We really bonded over some some of the classics, like Ace Ventura. Oh, buddy. Yep. All righty then. <laughs> it's, I love the movie. Recently watched it with my girlfriend who had never seen it before. Probably watched it like four months ago. Still holds up. Uh-huh. It's and a what little, did Sarah a, think? She, she thought it was a little it controversial, you know, because of obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's still, I the, mean, it's the still Ein, funny. The Einhorn Finkel oh, big thing time. would not fly nowadays, right? 
Maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't, but boy, you haven't seen a joke like that in a while. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. Uh, I I wonder what they're going to do for Ace Ventura 3. Pardon me? You heard me correctly. (laughs) They're making Ace Ventura 3. Mm. No word as to whether or not Jim Carrey will be reprising his role. I don't know how they could possibly even dare make an Ace Ventura movie without Jim Carrey. Yeah, I guess they did do a mask movie without him. They did had Jamie Kennedy in there. Yeah, but I guess that's good. a ma- the mask you put on the mask, it can be anybody. It's got to be Jim Carrey. They for did Ace a Ventura. young Ace Ventura show or something too. I know they had a cartoon. In I think the 90s. I think it was like a straight to DVD young Ace Ventura kids movie. Sure. Starring uh Harlan Williams or some like Jim Carrey. No, it was like a little kid. Oh, it was actually, a little kid Ace Ventura. Oh, legit a little kid. Okay. Hmm. This gives me some hope that, that Jim Carrey is returning. I don't know if it gives me hope for the script. The um, the team behind Sonic the Hedgehog is writing the film. So the the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie, yeah. which starred Jim Carrey yeah. as Doctor Eggman. They're behind, so you'd think they know Jim, and unless at least they, very least, had his blessing, they, they wouldn't be working on this thing. Yeah, well, they obviously met him during this process, so maybe they pitched him an idea, and maybe he was in, who knows. But I, I haven't seen the Sonic movie, but I heard it's good. My son loves it. It's okay. Uh, Dumb and Dumber 2? Ah. You can't... The, it was good enough. It's, you're, yes. it's You can never go home again. It's not going to be as good as the first one, but it's something, right? Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't 20 years worth the wait, you know, good, but it was like, I wasn't disgusted by it. The uh, original's still my favorite of all time, but you never know. Coming to America, too, not that great. But so, it's something. Yeah, we'll see. Jim Carrey's got to be in this movie. Ace Ventura 3 is in the works. Snyder Cut was released. I'm sure a lot of you watch it over the weekend. This is the Justice League movie. The original vision of of Zack Snyder, who was the first director on the film. He left. He was having um, conflict with the studio, and then he had a tragic incident in his life and and walked away from the project, but they brought him back to finish things. Jim, you had not seen either Justice Mm -hmm. League movie, so I wanted fresh eyes. And you, your plan was to watch both over the weekend, but because of the length of the, the Snyder Cut, <laughs> I can't say it without thinking about lunch meat. <laughs> the Schneider's Cuts, the best cuts. <laughs> uh, you, you're only able to make it through the new one. It was four hours, and it took you how long to watch it? It took me over, I would say, at least five and a half hours to finally get through it. Like, we started at 8 o'clock, and it was after 1. Sarah, watch it with you? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think she saw the original either, but, um, you know, first off, I would give it a 7 out of 10. It Very was, passable. It was Good movie. Yeah, there was, like, some brilliant stuff in there, in particular the Amazon scene, when all the Amazon ladies were fighting. Yeah. It was amazing. And then there was a particular scene where they went back in time a thousand years. Like, there was a flashback. Also beautifully shot, and there was, like, some cool moments. But it was at least an hour too long. And I can think of ways they could have cut out an extra hour. It was way too yeah. long. It was the movie was almost over, and then it was there was an epilogue. It was, like, another 20 minutes. It had nothing to do with anything. So, I, I agree with that, because uh, I've seen both. Yeah. And the scene with the Amazons in the theatrical cut when I saw it, I was like, 
this is cheesy. It looks terrible. But be, it gets you invested. And this was a lot more violent. Like, there was a lot more uh, splatter. Yeah. And everyone was getting their their Snyder cut, their head <laughs> Snyder cut off. There was a few. There was yeah. <laughs> limbs getting Snyder cut here. Heads getting Snyder cut there. Yeah. And the movie, and the length is my biggest problem with it. Because, you know, it's a four-hour movie. And essentially, they only fought one bad guy and, like, his henchmen, which were all the same throughout the entire movie. And it was building up to maybe something else, but it never got there. And it mm-hmm. set itself up almost like there was supposed to be a sequel, like Infinity War right. and Endgame. But there is no Endgame coming. So this was just their Infinity War. And it was there's kind of a lot left out there. Yeah. And the thing about Infinity War, it was three hours long. It was written beautifully. It, the way that the storylines intertwined, it flew by. This seemed to take forever to well, get I through. agree that the last hour... They could have made this movie two hours and told the same story, two and a half maybe, told the same story, and then started another movie like the uh, the Avengers. Yeah, did the two movies that were both three hours long, six hours total. But you know, you're you're watching in in sections instead of like they even broke this movie up. It was almost like Quentin Tarantino style, where they had like part one, part two, yeah, different chapters. Yeah, the title cards coming up just to let you know, okay, hang in there. Yeah. You're and it was cool, it. And it, and, but I don't know if that made it go by slower, to be honest. I think it kind of made it go by slower. Uh, and my last final point is, they Flash was the most useless character. I have a problem with Flash. Like, basically all he did the whole movie was run really fast and then touch something very softly. Like, a lot of times he ran really fast, touched something, or like, Poink, poink something. <laughs> and all the times, he never got hurt. He tripped over things multiple times, and he kept on running into stuff. Like, a, whoa, boom, oh, I'm running too fast. They hit a wall. Sometimes he's hitting other heroes. Like, calm down, Flash. Do something other than... And there was a scene at one point where people were being ex- escorted out of a building, and there was like a time ticking, like a ticking time bomb or something that was going on. And instead of... Like, he can basically run so fast, time slows down to a standstill, and, like, a second takes an hour. Yeah, Flash could have got everyone out he of there like that. In a, in a heartbeat. Instead, he's escorting them up going, are you okay, lady? And, like, zooming around to each one and be like, let's hustle up. I'm like, pick them up and <laughs> take them out of the building, you dumbass. This is kind of cool. If you've got a lot of money and you like collecting rock and roll memorabilia, the guitar that Izzy Stradlin used during the Appetite for Destruction recording sessions is being auctioned off. It's a hollow body model Gibson ES-175D finished in Arctic white and the starting bid is $50,000. Kind of cool, huh? Yeah, that is cool. This is where the story isn't as cool, though. Like, Izzy's not getting the money. Apparently, he owed his manager back in... Like the early 90s or late 80s, he owed him some money. And instead of paying him, he gave him the guitar he used to record Appetite for Destruction. And then that manager uh, hung it in a guitar shop that he happened to own. And word got out really quick that, hey, uh, Izzy's guitar's for sale. And a bunch of other people went and bought it. And they've had it ever since. They've been holding on to oh, it. Oh, so he didn't even get the, the most bang for his buck, that manager. No, the manager didn't get it. it. Huh. Uh, Izzy's not getting the cash. And financial tensions are basically what ruined Izzy Stradlin's uh, run in Guns N' Roses. He eventually left the band because Axel started talking about, hey, I think I should make this much and everyone else should make this much. Hmm. And Izzy's like, 
F that. I can't I'm, even pay our manager. I'm paying him with guitars over here. I'm going back to play the whiskey. I'm not going to stick around if if you guys aren't going to treat me fairly. He did. He was one of the uh, you know uh, one of the guys who wrote the big hits. He helped write Paradise City, Sweet Child of Mine. Co-wrote both of those songs. He wrote Patience. Hmm. You know, like he was he was cranking out the hits and. Uh, that's what happens. You hear about bands who split everything equally, and those are the ones that are still together after years and years, right? Yeah, yeah. I heard an interview with Billy Corgan recently, and he said that's what he 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 wrote the lyrics, he wrote the song, so he thought he should make the mo- the most money. And it and the people in the industry, his managers and the record label said, "This is what's going to happen, Billy. We've been through it a million times. Your bandmates are going to get jealous, and they're going to leave." And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I think the Rolling Stones, U2, a couple examples of bands that split things uh, equally between mm-hmm. members. And look at how old those guys are, and they're still <laughs> hanging out, right? Still crushing it. Um, yeah, Izzy. What a... You wonder what could have been. Same thing. So they asked him to rejoin for the uh, Not In This Lifetime tour, and they're like, oh, by the way, Izzy, you're not going to make as much money as everyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm not coming back then. My favorite Izzy Stradlin story is um, he once got a year's probation because he was arrested for urinating in public aboard an airplane. So he peed on an airplane. After that, his fellow band members uh, gave him another nickname. Can you guess what it is? It's not Izzy anymore. Oh, Pizzy? Wizzy. Oh yeah, that, that's that's a little gentler. So that must he must Took have peed like in his seat, in right? his seat, or stood up in yeah. the aisle and just <laughs> went for it. Old Wizzy. Today is William Shatner's ninetieth birthday, and Jim, you and I had the honor back in twenty seventeen of uh, spending ten or fifteen minutes on the phone with William Shatner for the show, and we talked to him about what it was like to to be on the convention circuit because he he is out there engaging fans still to this day and uh just how crazy it is to be around people who love star trek as much as his fans do well what i enjoy is talking to the uh, to the fans and uh, uh entertaining them and fielding questions and that kind of thing so that that's what's enjoyable are there convention friends you have like other celebrities that you met while doing conventions that you know, that's a very good question. I have. And um, and see them on those occasions where we, uh, uh, you know, the, the conventions that I go to are always on a weekend. So I'm going to take a Saturday or uh, to get to the venue on a Friday and, and come in and, and see everybody on a Saturday and lunch hour when they break for lunch to sit around and uh, find out who's doing what to whom. And it's it's great. It's like a, a like an under undercurrent of uh, of events. So who's the celebrity then when you're booked into one of these conventions that you're hoping is going to be on the bill as well, so you can spend some time with them? Someone you hang out with or like talking to that we wouldn't well, expect Stan, you. Stan, Stan Lee and I play soccer with each other all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a prop or a costume from your long career that you've held on to that you really, really enjoy? No. If you had told, asked me that 50 years ago, I would have been very happy and, uh, and saved something. Uh, you know, all those costumes... No, I never saved anything. Who, who knew oh. that you and I would be talking about Star Trek all these years later? Really? But uh, somebody knew something 
because some time ago, several years ago, they broke into a soundstage through the roof and stole all the stored Star Trek items there. Wow. So it, it, did they sell it on the black market, obviously? Because must, every, must have. everyone must would know have. it's stolen. Yeah, I guess it's like uh, getting uh, antiques from uh, some place that's been looted. You yeah. you put it away, I guess. I, I don't know. That sounds but, like a crime but, that T.J. Hooker could solve. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped up on the roof and fell in, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> There's our buddy Bill. William Shatner, happy 90th birthday. Apparently, Jim, we give bikers a bad name. Oh, dear. We got a complaint over the weekend about something that we, uh, we were talking about on the show last week. Taz and Jim, the way you guys covered the recent police raids as, quote, bikers being the main target is very misleading, and it paints us all with the same brush. I'm a member of a 1% motorcycle club. I'm also a business owner, grandfather, and a father. Profiling is a real problem I face every day because I chose to be part of a brotherhood that normal people can't understand. A few bikers involved does not mean that all criminals... They're, that they're all criminals. If you read the article, two guys belong to a motorcycle club, but this crime was not committed by the club. It was two guys that were criminals who happened to belong to the club. It really bothers me how the police abuse the system to make all members look like criminals, no different than saying that all people of color are criminals because of few committed crimes. I'm not looking for sympathy or an apology. I just hope you can see how this may be offensive to motorcycle club members like myself that work very hard to get where I'm at. Yeah, um, I understand kind of what he's saying, but I listened back to the clip, Taz, and we said nothing derogatory about bikers. We we actually read this like a piece from the story, and the one part we just said, uh, which is directly from the story, that the uh, the, the bust happened because uh, it had ties to biker gangs. Right. I, and, I do believe that we listed a number of other people were arrested. Yeah. And there was some people with connections to a biker gang. And then did we quote the guy from the biker? Like there was a biker enforcement cop? That- there, yeah, a police officer. There's, And we said he was from the biker enforcement unit. So we said the word biker twice, casually, didn't say anything about yeah. motorcycles or anybody driving them. I understand that guy probably deals with, you know, people sure. hitting on bikers all the time, but we were not part of it. And uh, it's part of the story, dude. It just, it is what it is. Bikers were involved. We never said bikers were the main target. We we never said bikers are bad. We have lots of friends who are bikers. Hey, there's a bunch of uh, guys in a motorcycle club who every year drop off toys at Christmas time mm-hmm. for the Taz and Jim uh, Christmas toy drive. And they're awesome dudes. They've given tons and tons of grenades to the young children over the years. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. They've given, last year they showed up, or two years ago, they showed up with a trailer full of bicycles, brand new bicycles to donate to kids. They're great guys. And and when we had them on the air, nobody complained that we were making bikers look good, right? Obviously, not all people on motorcycles are bad people. No, and nobody even nobody even insinuated that. We and didn't. we didn't even make those jokes. It's just not even the bikers are tough. Like everybody's a snowflake now. Everyone wants to be a victim, right? Yeah. Had the coolest part about, you know, 
I have my grandpa was an avid motorcycle guy. Loved motorcycles. Had two motorcycles. I have buddies who motorcycle. But part of the cool thing about motorcycles is you do kind of look badass, right? Yeah, and you don't give a crap yeah. about anything. That you should be above the complaining. You know, above being like, I am offended. You're a biker. You don't. You're not offended. You're cool. Yeah. If you're gonna be mad at anybody, be mad at the two guys in the motorcycle club who were breaking the law, getting themselves arrested, getting this story into the uh, news cycle, and they're the ones who are making bikers look bad. It's not us. Yeah, us Co- reporting on the bikers. Right. What happened to accountability? Get mad at the guys who did it. Yeah. You know, if you're that offended, they're, they're the target. They're the ones who broke the law and got caught. Not us. We love you, bikers. And we've got our sports guy back. It's the return of Devin Peacock. And now, the winner is... Devin Peacock. I want to see you peacock, you peacock, you peacock, peacock, you peacock. Here we go. Like riding a bike. Good to have you back, buddy. It's good to be back. Let's talk March Madness. What were the standout moments in the tournament for you over the weekend? Uh, well, the standout moment was probably me uh, throwing my uh, TV down on the floor and uh, kicking it just because uh, <laughs> my bucket is officially uh, busted. Uh, Illinois, uh, a number one seed, one of the teams I picked to go all the way to the final lost. So that was, uh, that was fantastic. Boss Brad uh, texted me out of the blue over the weekend and just to inform me that my, my bracket had been busted, which I was aware of, but I certainly appreciated uh, the text. So I am even more so now hoping that uh, Michigan, his team, loses. Yeah, Michigan's still in it. There they are. Your pick to win the entire tournament still in it as well, Gonzaga. Gonzaga is uh, still going strong. They, uh, they were looking very good. But this is, I mean, anyone who has their bracket, back bracket busted uh, right now, all you have to do is just blame it on COVID. I mean, it's it's the pandemic, right? I mean, I can't be, I can't be expected to be perfect or <laughs> a penny. Come on, now. it's a real wild card tournament. <laughs> I mean, we we could ourselves probably find two other people, and then you know eight others, and then get ourselves in this tournament, and maybe win a game or two. Yeah, yeah, you know, just foul a lot. <laughs> I don't know. What's our strategy? <laughs> Good strategy, Taz. No, let's stick with that one. Uh, we all get COVID and then we foul a lot and we take out a number one seat, right? That's the only way we'd be able to do it. Okay, well, congratulations, Dev, on uh, on really letting everyone down. Last tournament, you, uh, you won some people money by predicting the uh, final two teams, and I think you predicted the winner. Uh, last time, right? Oh, so, yeah, it's it's tough to repeat in the actual tournament. It's tough to repeat in your bracket as well. It's uh, good to have you back on the air, though. And it's tough to repeat during a panty. Let's not uh, let's forget that. <laughs> are, we, are, sh- are we shortening it to panty, panty? now? A PD? <laughs> uh, a PD? We are now. We're in the middle of a panty. <laughs> Thanks, Dev. Cool. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.